Yes, unto us is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. And it's great to celebrate the greatest gift ever given. And uh, thinking about gifts that I've received over the years, I think as a kid, the most memorable and appreciated gifts were things that I didn't need. Right? I mean, you need socks and shoes and underpants, but uh, the things that I liked were things I could play with, things I could use. And I didn't need a, a leather gridiron football, but I was really happy to receive that and to use it. And uh, the great thing about God sending Jesus as our Savior is He is what who we truly need. And as we grow and mature, we realize we love Him more now than ever before. That uh, some gifts that you received as a kid, they wouldn't mean too much to you now, but uh, they wouldn't be interesting to you. But as we follow Jesus, we realize that he is glorious, he is great, he is a savior, and uh, he's the gift who keeps giving, teaching, leading, he's with us, he never forsakes us. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to be our savior. Thank you for giving us life through him. Thank you that we can celebrate and rejoice, knowing that our sins can be forgiven through him, that you have a new life for all who repent and trust in him. And I pray, Lord, that uh, the wonder of the Christmas season would not be lost on us during the year, but we would celebrate you daily. We would worship you as those shepherds bowed before you, as the wise men traveled far. Lord, we approach you now, and we praise you, we worship you, and thank you for sending Jesus. And we uh, celebrate you today. And thank you uh, for allowing us to gather. Thank you for your word. And I pray that you would fill us with your spirit and give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know how many of you have witnessed the birth of a child or given birth to a child, but it's really a, almost a miraculous event. And, and when that child is yours, it's a sacred time to see a, a new soul come into the world, breathe the first breaths, and you hear them cry, and it just moves you to know that there's a new life here. Where there were two, now there are three. And, uh, when Jesus was born, it was miraculous because Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit before uh, Joseph and Mary came together. They were betrothed, they were legally married, but not living together, and it was revealed to Mary that you will become pregnant with the Son of God, which would be pretty remarkable. Um, and Joseph, he found out that she was with child, and he thought to put her away secretly. He didn't want a scandal. It says in Matthew 1.20, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So after that, he did take Mary to be his wife, and Caesar Augustus had this uh, census, this tax, and everyone was required to go to their own city. And so Joseph took Mary, and they went to Bethlehem. And whilst in Bethlehem, Mary gave birth to Jesus and placed him in a feeding trough, the scripture says, because there was no room for them in the inn or the house. Uh, we don't know if Jesus was born in a stable or in a cave. It doesn't say, but we know that he was born in Bethlehem and that he was placed in a manger. And it's cool that Jesus would identify himself as the bread of life. And the manger was the place where the animals would feed. And for us, when we uh, receive him, we have life. 
And it's, it's, it's exciting to hear someone's expecting a child. It's even more exciting to get the announcement that the baby has been born. And, uh, our kids were born in a time where we sent cards and pictures, uh, like they, we didn't use email in those days, to introduce the new arrival to the family so they could celebrate with us. And when Laura gave birth to Zed and Abel, they became our children. Right? We had unique responsibilities as parents over our kids because they were ours. We were responsible for their well-being. We had the privilege of naming them, but we also had the responsibility of taking them home and carrying them for, for them 24 to be fed, to be clothed, to be cleaned, to uh, see why are they crying. All Child Protective Services had the right to hold us responsible, right? Because we're the parents, the mother and the father. Under Jewish law, the parents who gave birth to a male child, they were to bring him to the temple on the eighth day to be circumcised. They were to bring a sacrifice. Um, there were certain uh, things in the law that they were to teach them the scriptures. And they were required, uh, they were held accountable for these things. And you may think, well, it's, it's all fine and good that Mary and Joseph had a baby 2,000 years ago. So what? What does that mean to me? Well, if you could turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 8, I'll answer that question, hopefully. The Lord's word will. So Luke chapter 2, verse 8. This is the birth announcement of Jesus. Way better than a card or an email. Very cool. An angelic announcement to a couple of randoms out in a field. We'll see, they're not random. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Some shepherds are working the night shift. They're keeping watch over their flocks by night. And suddenly there's this bright light, this angel with the glory of the Lord, pronouncing this good news that there has been born to them a savior. Now, does anything strike you as odd about, I mean, angelic messenger aside, of this birth announcement? Notice the angel does not say, there is born to Joseph and Mary today in Bethlehem a savior. He doesn't say that. He says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. What? That would be a very strange line to read if I was to receive an email or a card that said, there is born to you t today in Norwest Hospital a son. I'd be like, hold on a second. What do you mean to me? I mean, I'm, I, I'm the dad of two boys as far as I know. You're telling me there's born to me today. So these shepherds, he's saying, there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior that he is Christ the Lord. God had promised to send the anointed one, 
the Savior, the Messiah, who would save his people from their sins. And that's why it's happy news. It wasn't just for Joseph and Mary or for their immediate family to celebrate. It was for these shepherds to celebrate because a Savior had been born to them, for them. Matthew 1, 22 and 23 says, The birth of Jesus fulfilled scripture. It says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So God has come to be with us. He has put on human flesh so he could save us. The angel said that Jesus was born to the shepherds, but he was not only born for them. We aren't to rejoice in the Savior's birth as if it was just for uh, those in Bethlehem or for Joseph and Mary or those shepherds or the Jews alone, but this is great tidings for all people, it says. If you could turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, we'll read verses 2 and 6 and 7 for the sake of time. Isaiah 9, 2. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So who are those people living in the shadow of death? That would be us, right? Everyone who is born will someday die. Jesus came into a world of darkness to give light, life, and liberty to all who believe. Do you see in this passage who Jesus was born unto? It says, for unto us. Unto us a son has been given. Unto us a child is born. So for all people who are under the curse of sin and death, Jesus has been born. It says in the passage that Jesus was the firstborn son of Mary, meaning she had other children. Other children that they had, they were responsible for carrying them and raising them because they were born unto them, right? Now Jesus has been born not only unto them, but unto us, unto you. Unto you has been born this day, the day we celebrate today, Jesus who is a Savior. Now, because Jesus has been born unto you, do you know that you have a responsibility before God concerning how you treat him? Concerning your relationship with him? It's sensible that a parent would be held negligent for not fulfilling their responsibilities to care for their own child. It would be ridiculous for uh, someone to say, when they're brought before a jury because their child has been neglected, to say, well, I had no idea I was supposed to feed him. Now, there's no, like, manual when I when my wife gave birth to a child. I didn't know I was supposed to take him to school and make sure he was adequately clothed. And, you know, I'm mad at this baby for ru ruining my life. I mean, it's taking up all my time. That would not get you off the hook legally, would it, if you plead ignorance when you've neglected your child? Because as a parent, you have responsibilities, 
before the law and before God. Isaiah 9.7, it says that God's government and rule is established in justice. And so we all have duties we will be held accountable for because unto you is born this day a Savior, Christ the Lord. Now, our, what is our duty then? We, our duty concerning Christ is not to wash and feed and to clothe him like he would a little one today. But what are the responsibilities God will hold us accountable, all people who are under the curse of sin, because unto you he has been born? Well, the first thing is to receive him. That's our first duty since Christ has been born unto us. How can we receive him? Well, we do this by believing on him as Savior and by trusting him. My favorite carol, Joy to the World, there's a line that says, Let every heart prepare him room. There was no room for Jesus in the inn, and so he was laid in a trough. But is there room in your life for Jesus Christ? We don't know why there was no room for Jesus. It could have been there were elderly people there, or perhaps all the bookings had been taken, and it was too late, they couldn't get in, and no one was willing to give up the room, not knowing who would be coming, of course. And it's true that many of us have little room for Jesus. Many people have no room for Jesus in their lives today. They're fine with traditions, they're fine with gifts, but they don't give Jesus the place that he deserves in their life as Savior, as King of all. May today be the day we decide to give room to Jesus. We receive him, not just on a day or for a moment, but daily. The second thing, since Jesus was born to us as a Savior, we must, before God, repent of our sins, admitting our need for a Savior, our need for forgiveness. Jesus has been sent as a Savior to a dark world, a world that was under the shadow of death. There's no power in us to forgive ourselves of sin, to wash ourselves clean of our guilt before God. Jesus did more than deliver a message. He demonstrated God's love through his death on Calvary. And he demonstrated his power over death through his resurrection. And of that we receive when we repent and trust in him. Say you receive a court summons in the post. And you're like, ugh, I do not want to go. I do not want to show up for this. This is ridiculous. What summons? And you tear it, right? And you throw it away. What if you burned it? You couldn't even put it back together if you had put it through a shredder, right? You burnt it. What if you delete that email, didn't see it, didn't hear it, have no idea? Does that free you from um, answering to the government for not responding in time? When the subpoena comes, says, you have failed to appear. Oh, well, what can you say? It doesn't, it doesn't let you off the hook, does it? Ignoring our duty, marking it as spam, it does not free us from our obligation to answer that summons. In the same way, ignoring our sin does not free us from the guilt that we all carry before God. And God sent Jesus not to condemn us. He said, you're condemned already. You're under the shadow of death. You're under a curse. But I've come to free you from the curse. He's come to give us new life and forgiveness. He's the one that we rejoice in because he's our Savior. He is the only one who can save us from our sins. And we'll all have to appear before God one day. And he's the one who will make us clean and acceptable and righteous in God's sight. So we can live with him forever. Finally, the third thing. Because Jesus has been born unto us, we are to obey him. 
and follow him. Jesus has been a friend to us. Have we been a friend to him? God sent his own son to die on the cross to atone for my sins, to atone for your sins. Can you imagine telling God the Father that Jesus is no friend of yours, considering what he's done for you? If we will not have Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we will die in sins for rejecting him and refusing that call to salvation. It is true that following Jesus comes at a cost, a personal cost, but the cost that Jesus paid is far more than we could ever pay, and we are given new life through him. There's a story Jesus told. He said, if, if you're um, facing an attack, the enemy is coming against you, and you realize you, you've done the numbers. There's no way that you can beat this side that's coming. The force that is amassing against you, there's no way you can win. So a sensible ruler will draw up um, a peace agreement and send ambassadors off to try to make peace before the battle comes. And that's what we do when we trust in Jesus, because there's no way that we could pay for our guilt. There's no way that we could stand before the judgment of God and be innocent before him, having sinned. But it's sensible then to receive his forgiveness, to receive him as Savior, and take the plea bargain he has offered us, right? Not so that he'll just be lenient on us, but so he'll be accepted as a child of God. So these good tidings of great joy, which are for all people, it's not just meaningful on Christmas Day, but to be celebrated and remembered every day. Because unto you is born in the city of Bethlehem a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And because he's been born unto all people, unto you, God will hold you responsible concerning what you do with Jesus. Will you receive him? Will you repent? Will you follow him? For any gift to be utilized, it must first be received, right? I had to open the the package, take the, the gridiron ball out of the cardboard, put some air in it, then it was ready for playtime. You know, we could go and play football then. But until we did that, it was of no use. And knowing that Jesus is a Savior and receiving him as Savior are two different things. If you want him to be your Savior, then you must receive him. And by his grace, when those angels sang out all those years ago, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men, that same goodwill is being shown towards you today, that you can receive such a great Savior that you can worship him and follow him and live with him forever. So let's prepare him room, not just today, but every day, in our hearts, in our lives. May he have our affections because he is a great God and our Savior. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for sending your Son to be the Savior of the world. Thank you for your grace that we didn't deserve to be forgiven of our sins, and yet you have sent who we needed so we could have new life and eternal life through Christ. Thank you that of his rule and government there will be no end, that he, his is an everlasting kingdom, that uh, you, you have done all things well and you have given us what we truly needed the most. And it's a gift that we rejoice in today to have Jesus born unto us in the city of David, a, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Father, I thank you for um, all those who have gathered here today. I thank you for 
the promises in your word that they are true, and that even as Jesus was born unto those shepherds in the field, he has been born unto us, and we can receive him and follow him. We rejoice in you, Lord, and we praise you. We ask for safety throughout this uh, hol- these holidays, that you would keep us safe on the roads, that you would minister and, and help us to be your ambassadors as we as we consider what Christmas means and all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.